Hey, everybody. My guest this week is Sandy Weston. She is a coach, and she's a coach for everybody from CEOs on down to kids. And she believes, because of her rigorous scientific testing over one year, that it only takes one to three minutes a day to change your body and your life in a positive way. So if you have anything that you'd like to change in your life and one to three minutes a day sounds like just about all you can manage to squeeze in, have a listen to Sandy. She, we, we just had fun. And she makes a lot of sense. And like I said, she's got a lot of scientific uh, research behind her that she did with trained scientists to figure out that one to three minutes a day was the magic number. So tune in. Share it if, if you enjoyed it, and I appreciate you for listening. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 Podcast. I'm Greg Cox, your host, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline or irrelevance. Nonsense. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. Each week, you'll hear experts who think and practice outside the box of conventional wisdom on how to age in good health so you can live fully expressed. I'm here to bust myths, help you embrace change, and live life your way. If you feel like the best of life has passed, it's time to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, we are going to talk about joy and mindset and those little things that are really bugging you, but you don't know what to do about them, and you're making it look like everything's okay, but it's not. My guest today is Sandy Joy Weston, and she is an expert in helping people reset their mindset. Sandy, thanks for being here. Greg, we could have done this in person. I just found out you live about an hour from me in Lambertville. That would be so much fun. I've often thought about sitting across a desk. You know, on the radio, there's a different kind of energy when you're in the room with somebody. Yeah, right? we got to do well, that. Maybe we'll have to do that for people. <laughs> I said joy. I know a lot of people turn off when they hear joy. They're like, oh, joy. That's great. We're going to talk about joy again. <laughs> I have enough joy or I don't want joy. I don't know how to get joy. Joy is for other people. Yeah, shut oh. up. Just shut up with it. Yeah, really. Just stop all you positive mindset people. I'm so tired. Anyway. We have an important message because positive mindset is not just about being happy and joyful all the time. No. Take it away, Sandy. So that's the story of my life, by the way. They're like, oh my God, here she comes. She's going to tell us all the great things in the world. And yes, I probably am. You know, that's <laughs> who I am. I'm going to, if you call me, I'm going to spin it. I'm going to let you say your piece and then, okay, what serves you well? But here's the deal about pure joy. In order to feel more, what I call the three things you want to feel, peace, love, and joy, our pure essence, you're going to have to feel the other side of it. You know, the fear-based emotion. So here's fear-based and here's love-based. And there's the whole gamut of it, you know, anxious, overwhelmed, stressed out, guilt. That's not a good attribute. They're all there. And the more you're honest with yourself and you're amazing, wonderful, unique life and unique brain and how it works, the more you can shift out of it and feel more pure joy. Because what I teach is just not how to get stuck in there, you know, and keep spinning in there. Like, okay, these are your thoughts. Don't judge them. We all have them, you know. Now what? Get them out. Be honest with yourself. And then what could you do right now just to shift slightly in the other direction? 
And that's what I'm all about. Because the more you do that every single day, and you really are down and dirty with yourself of what is your feeling and what's really going on. And you ask these big words. So my friends go, you tell me everything that's going on. Blah, 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 blah. I go, okay, okay, let's take a beat. Now, continuing to think that way and feel that way, is it going to get you where you want to go? Then if it is, milk it. Does it serve you well having those continual thoughts? Maybe not. So then Mm -hmm. what can we gradually do to shift out of them that will then eventually have a bigger impact so that you can have more pure joy in your life? Not all the time. Not always pippy skippy. That would be horrible. That would be boring. We hate those people and they do not exist. And you have a health background. You've worked with people on their mind and their body. So I want to make a plug for the health benefits of changing our thinking from guilt and shame and fear and anxiety and those things. They literally clog up the cells. The stress creates a situation in the body where the cells get clumped up and tight and they can't do all of their magical things. And each cell is one part of a bigger thing. So if each cell is stressed and not working properly, you can only imagine what happens downstream from there. So this is not just like, I want to feel better in my head and have better relationships. Oh, yeah. It's about my body, people. Everything. Really. Yeah. And we never, we were talking about that before. Like you go into the doctor and it's like, okay, we're either going to cheat you from the neck on up or the neck on down. Well, <laughs> cut off my head. It's all part of the same thing. Like that doesn't even, listen, doc, I'm no expert here, but that doesn't even make logical sense. I used to say that for years and years. Now some doctors get it, but everything is stored in your body. Like that's what, when you sit with your body for a little bit and you feel, it'll tell you what's going on. It'll tell you. And the more you find ways, because we're going to have stress and stress can be healthy, but the more you find ways to release it, little aches and pains in your body, you won't be having them anymore. Not to mention the serious illness. I forgot to tell you, so I remember it must've been 15 years ago now. And one of the huge, huge insurance companies, I won't name names, hmm. brought me in because they wanted me to do my mental fitness component and make it a part of their insurance program for free. And I made it through meeting after meeting of what I was going to do with this mindset coaching, right? They brought me in, they brought me in. And every way I went up and up to doctors and scientists, and they're like, Sandy, you're absolutely right. There's prevention and you are right on it. And it's going to reduce so many illnesses because it's all about stress and how you manage it, whatever. I get to the top rung and they kiboshed it. What? And they said, we know you're right. But this remember, this is 15 years ago. The world's not ready. Right. And we're not going to put the money into that. We're going to put the money into early detection, which is great. Too. And right. I was so sad. I oh, mean, I it was a imagine. year of, I made it, I made it, I made it. And then they said, yes, we know you're right, but we can't sell that more. We can sell people making sure they go get their mammograms, which right. I'm with you. Exactly. It shouldn't be either or. Yeah. And now, of course, we know the corporate wellness programs are the, the top of the line. You work for a company that has those, you're like in a good place, right? But they still, in I cannot tell you how many individuals who know all this information still separate it out when it comes to their own lives because they don't want to see it. It's crazy. Like you could be with a medical doctor who goes, I know stress causes all this illness and disease, but they're not willing to take steps to reduce the stress in their lives. 
Mm. It's wackadoo. It's crazy because they don't change is difficult. So that's where I have to disconnect because now people pretty much believe it, but they still don't want to do what it takes. I I had a woman come to me said, my doctor said that if I don't change my lifestyle, I'm literally, this is like the eighth time that she's warned me and she has three boys. I'm going to die. I'm going to die because she had everything and she still couldn't do it on her own. And I said, that's okay. Then go either get my help or others' help because if this is not just about looking good. You're going to die. And she's a nurse. Nurses like, are the worst patients. I know some. <laughs> it's changing that lifestyle of going out with my friends. Not She's not an alcoholic, but she just drinks a lot. That I would have to do that because when I drink, I make bad choices. I eat sugar, mm-hmm. that is, whatever. So now I'm really more empathetic. I understand just because you know and you have the logic and you have the knowledge doesn't mean it's that easy to apply it. Right. And I get it. Or I we'd all it. be looking like supermodels and Adonises and achieving and CEOs <laughs> and CFO. I mean, we would all be accomplishing everything we ever wanted to do yes. if it were easy. Yeah. Yeah. It, takes, it is possible. It's way possible. And it's not as difficult as people think, but it does take you having patience with yourself because oh, it, yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's what we're talking about. It's those little inroads you make. And I can tell you from owning health clubs, it just doesn't happen that way. Every single person that goes all in within three weeks, they're quitting the club. They, mm-hmm. It's just not sustainable. It's just not. And I try to talk people out of it, but, and then they drop out because they're embarrassed and they don't know where to go and they're all or none. So the clients and the people that I work with, they have to be willing to, yes, they have to want it, do the work. But no, it's going to take little things they do every single day. And it's not going to be like, oh, my God, I lost 25 pounds in a month. Yeah, I I have always had the habit of when people come and say, I want to do X in X months, lose weight in so many months or make X number, whether it was health or business coaching. And I would just ask them to take the money, the time out, take the time parameter out or make it bigger, because if you're looking at the the calendar and you're looking at the scale or your bank account and things aren't going the way you said they would go, then you're just, you're going to quit. Like you said, people don't get the results. So then they get frustrated. Like this is never going to happen. And especially, I hate to admit this, but as we've gotten older, it takes a little tiny bit longer than it used to just a tad bit longer to reverse something that was going in the right direction. And something happened COVID for so many people, they gained weight during COVID they got into some bad habits during COVID. It didn't just like COVID's done and now I'm better. Yeah. No. Mentally and physically, it takes a little bit longer. Than- so with the sports teams, what I know is that if I truly listen to them or any of my clients, when I truly listen to them and we're there for them and empathetic to where they are and try to understand their needs, I was able to get results. Every single time, every client, not just the sports team, the most difficult client. And I didn't know at the time that had anything to do with mindset. I just came in there with my, I know I can get you results. We're in this together and you're not going to rely on me. I'm going to teach you where the power is within you to get the results and go from there. It just made sense to me because of my life. It mm. made, hey, this is what worked for me. I'm going to do this for you. It wasn't until years later that I start putting together, wait a minute, 
How did I know this? Oh my goodness. I've been doing it since a kid. And then when I back, went back to school and started learning, oh my God, I couldn't wait to learn about how the body and the mind work together and the soul. I was like, oh snap, there's science to this stuff. <laughs> and isn't it funny how now mind body is like a throwaway phrase that we all accept. And oh my yet God. for in Western medicine, still there's the body. Yeah. There's yeah. no mind attached. The mind has nothing yeah. to do with how you heal or yeah. whether you heal placebo. Crazy, placebo, isn't it? Right? It is. It really is. So I want to talk about, before we hit record or didn't hit record, we were talking about how some people act like everything's okay and working out for them. Mm. But under the surface, there's a lot going on, anxiety, and it could be, well, you can tell me, but I was thinking a lot of my clients worry about their future they're in their late 50s mid 60s 70s they're doing okay but they feel like they don't have control anymore about aging and there are other instances that you can give us tell it let's talk about that yeah you know it's so cliche people are saying like you know your present is your gift in the moment and you know be mindful and what is mindfulness living here now don't look at the past don't go to the future but it's easier said than done, right? Because as humans, we have a lot of negative thoughts scrolling around in there. I think it takes a little bit of resetting every day to be honest with yourself. What thoughts do you have right now going on? And not judge them. Like, what are they? Are you worried about getting old? Are you having wrinkles? Do you feel unseen? Do you feel unheard? Do you not feel attractive? And really be down, I call it, get down and dirty with yourself. What are you really feeling? Even if you don't want to share it with another human being, maybe you have a coach, a life coach, a therapist, or your journal. And if you can look at those thoughts, Greg, without judging them, go, they're just thoughts I'm having. They're not good. They're not bad. They're not right, wrong. But do they serve me well? Will they get me where I want to go? And when you start being honest, like, oh, crap, this is where I really am worried, like, all right, when I was this age, I knew I had all these years, but I'm not sure. And then you go, all right, well, I want to enjoy whatever I can right now with as much vitality as possible. Then you start switching the dialogue slightly to serve you well. For me, I've always thought every year was a freaking blessing. So I always shouted it from the rooftops. I didn't care what age I was. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, Hey, I'm not going off the stage anytime soon. I'm just getting started. So like when someone says, why do you still want to do this? I'm like, I'm 64. I haven't even gotten started yet because that's my mentality. So when you start shifting it, you start enjoying each day a little bit more. But that doesn't mean I don't have those other thoughts like, oh, crap. Am I too old to get on the big stage? Everybody else is kind of 35 years old. And then I go, all right. And I'm having those thoughts now. What? And then I go F that. And then for me, I'll find inspirational videos, you know, of somebody who, mm-hmm. who was it that just Nyad who swam yep, Diana, from, yeah. you know, Mexico to Cuba or Florida to Cuba at 64. And I'm like, yes, it's my year. So, <laughs> Yeah. And I think we have much. countless examples of people who countless. didn't get started until, I mean, let's talk about the Colonel KFC. I think he was like 62 when he finally made it after all those years going door to door to door, trying to sell his fried chicken recipe and nobody wanted it. And then nobody could have it except for a lot of money. (laughs) It worked out for it. Everything always works out for us. Right. So let's talk about the people that are in it right now. There's something they're in the soup. It's a, it's a physical illness. 
it's a, I'm not going to talk about depression. That's a different category, but there's a, there's a malaise about life going on, or there's something really, there's a divorce or there's a loss or the, how do you talk to those people about coming back to feeling okay about themselves and joyful, never mind joyful. So first of all, many of those people I really think should be willing to admit they can't do it themselves. And I feel like the most confident, strong, amazing people I know say, I need guidance on this. I need help on this. And the people that I meet that I like go, oh my God, they they see therapists, they see coaches, they see mentors. It, it could be a psychiatrist, depending on what degree mm-hmm. you're dealing with. And it's okay because everybody that I know that you think, and I can't say names because I sign non-disclosures. Most of the people that go, oh my God, they're incredible. They talk to someone, they see someone because you can't see it yourself and you don't want to ask your family. You're too close to it. And even psychiatrists see people because you you just, it's too hard to see who you are and what changes. And somebody has to hold you accountable for it and be willing to push you beyond your comfort zone. So that's the biggest thing that I see with women. Like I should be able to do that. I was a CEO. I was a CFO. I ran companies. I did this. I have a family. It's okay, you know, to reach out to help at times. That's number one. Number two, by what I said at the beginning, being okay that you don't have to be joyful all the time. It's impossible. You're a human being and you have ranges of emotion. And in order for you to experience all the pure joy it is in the world, you're going to have to feel the other end, you know, and yeah. the anger, the frustration, the sad. And once you're okay and embrace that, like not every day is a great day. Not every day is a good day. Not every day is like, woo, yippee-yay, and I'm pretty yippee-yay. No, <laughs> but the reason I'm yippee-yay more is because I'm honest with what's going on. I get it out and I seek help. And then I move through it quicker. I believe the biggest thing is when you, the biggest thing I could tell someone is when you get up in the morning, doesn't take a lot of time, just spend 30 seconds to a minute and just lie there and ask yourself, what's going on? How are you feeling today? What thoughts are spinning around in your head? When you do that and say, okay, now how do I want to show up today? Because if you're feeling down and low, you don't want to say, oh, I'm going to show up feeling powerful and joy. You might just say, ease and flow, calm, peace. And then take a deep breath in, ask for guidance. I want to just show up with peace. I want to have calm, ease and flow. Go downstairs, write the word down and then say, this is how I want to feel throughout the day. And whatever your belief, just ask for guidance. What will help me feel more peaceful? What will help me for more ease and flow? And It might be calling someone. It might be spending time with yourself. It might be calling a loved one. But even just tuning into that one word every hour will be like, okay, I said I want to feel ease and flow. Am I feeling it? No. What could I do to get back there? It might be meditating. It might be writing. It might be reading a book. It might be going out. I talk to trees all the time. Oh my God, that's so funny. I have had so many guests that say, I talk to trees and I get to go, me too, me too. I love trees. I do too. But it's just that first being my mission in life is for everybody to understand their brain is amazing and unique and it's not perfect and it never will be. And that's okay. So now what? 
You know, there are going to be months or years that it feels better than others. You might be someone that suffers more with battling. I have clients that battle more depression, you know, their genetics, the way they are, or they have more anxiety or stress. That's okay because the other side of it is beautiful and compassionate and they give so much to the world. So obviously you can see from my background, my soft spot is helping people embrace their amazing, incredible, unique brain because trust me when you talk to anyone behind the scenes they all got crap every single one at every single stage at every single age at every single level you know lots of well-known people that we see in the media every day or that like as a chef i used to work as a private chef i work for lots of people that have notoriety and same anxiety same disputes with the spouse or partner the kids are yelling the breakfast dishes don't i mean it's same just the same thing no matter who they are and i don't know why that thing. should but comfort us yeah. but sometimes it does comfort us to know that all the instagram images in the world are not yeah. necessarily what's really happening and probably most of them are not it, it is comforting because most people they feel like they're in and alone like everybody else has it all together yeah and they don't and it, at times they do. There's times Absolutely. there are people that have it more together than others in different periods of their life. But as a coach, I always say, or therapist, you just want to pick someone that we're all in this together, but they, you just want them to be a few steps ahead mm-hmm. so they can help you. Just a few steps ahead. Which is why you're not going to look at those 35-somethings on the stages. You're going to look at the women who are in our demographic, who are rocking it, killing it, yeah. crushing it from the stage delivering joy and that's what i love about a great speaker i the first time i saw i can't even remember maybe it was harv ecker anyway i was at an event and this guy took the stage and i i couldn't believe what i was watching like i mean it wasn't tv it was just a great speaker it was probably zig ziglar even further back than that oh my goodness yeah i was working for a company they were teaching us sales even though i was a chef i'm like i don't gotta sell nothing i'm in the back okay leave me alone (laughs) but anyway zig ziglar was Amazing and so funny. So I started listening to tapes. And then when I saw somebody, you know, that not like as big as Zig Ziglar, I thought like I have to do that in my life someday. That's Ah. what I want to be. I want to be that person who maybe you're delivering hope or humor or real data that somebody can buy into. It just, I love that idea. And so I think there's probably people listening right now that think, oh, I'm too old to learn how to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that now. Girlfriends, whoever you are. If there's something you want to share, there's umpteen ways to get trained and at varying levels. And I actually started with Toastmasters because that was what was nearby. And I started learning how to just get up there. I'm like, if they hate me, they hate me. Like, okay, fine. If I crash and burn, I'll get back up. But anyway, my point being, there's always a way to get started for anybody who's listening and feels like they want to do that. Absolutely. And your wisdom comes through. That's the thing. Yeah. Like when you get up there, the young people, everybody's great, but their message is totally different than mine. I go into high schools a lot and underprivileged schools, high risk. And people are first like, what are they going to, you know, you're, shouldn't you bring in younger people? Yes, I should bring yes, in younger and. people. Yeah. But they also respond to me in a different way because they look for my wisdom after the years and years, what went right, what went wrong. And was floored even i'm like i can relate to anyone but i was floored how much the kids wanted to hear from me just as much as the college kids Mm -hmm. there's a place there is a place for sure and that maybe it's not public speaking maybe it's painting maybe it's singing i have another business 
And I went down to meet a team that I've been working with for a year and I'd never met them because of course we all have Zoom. They're in Florida, I'm in Jersey. So I went to meet them and one night we had a party and people brought out their guitars and we were singing. And I'm really good at harmonizing from Glee Club in high school. So I got to do the harmony. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll take voice lessons. But I thought, oh no, I'd be too embarrassed. My voice is probably terrible. I was like, Greg, what are you doing? You're like shutting yourself down. Do you think that singing instructor has ever heard bad voices before? They have. (laughs) They'll probably tell you if yours is and you'll move on to the next thing, right? Anyway, just if you want to try something, ladies, go try something. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who she did that. She always wanted to be a rock star. She's in her 50s. She started taking guitar lessons. Then she had a voice lessons. Now she's up doing open mics every other week. Wow. It's, it's her side gig. And she and she's writing songs, you know, and she loves it. She was nervous as crap getting up there at first. Yeah. But every time she does it, it's a little better. And she's just doing it because she loves it. Yeah. So tell me how somebody works with you. What do you mm-hmm. do with somebody? What, what magic? What hocus pocus do you got? okay you've not been in my keynotes like as private clients right i teach a lot of like workshops that are six weeks and three months on site for high schools colleges and companies but i have a handful of individuals and most times it is for six weeks and then i move them on now and then it it isn't they stay with me just you know to do a tune-up but the whole idea is for me to find out where they are and where they want to go. So each person is totally different. I mean, yes, I do have my guidebooks and my journals and I do teach techniques that you should do every single day that only take one to three minutes a day. But mostly what I'm doing now is nothing to do with the physical. It's all mental fitness. Mm -hmm. Like I stopped doing that years and years ago and I sold my health clubs in 2019. And when I sold them, People were like, can you still work with us? And then then virtual came about with COVID. So now most of what I do is the mental fitness Mm -hmm. and it's men, women, it's everyone. And it's, it's all different ages, you know, because they'll bring their kids to me. And sometimes there's just one or two sessions Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're fine. You don't need me. Go forth. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm sure. And I don't think we think about it that way. Mental fitness, as in getting the right. Oh, yeah, I'm mostly equipment. Yeah. I'm thinking equipment mostly- in terms of what you're talking about. Modalities, your three things. You know, whether yeah. it's meditation and this and that. But mental fitness takes some work, especially yeah. if we're in a low place. And that's what I usually my sweet spot. Most of the people they're they're successful, but they're having anxiety attacks a lot, or feeling stressed out, or too overwhelmed. And I come in and help them with that while helping them keep focused on what they really want. There are times, well, half the time that I do refer the clients to therapist and psychiatrist, it's an and with me. There's something else they need more, but I don't know until I see them. Right. So. And so you like journaling, I'm guessing. I love it. Tell me why. Tell me about journaling. So when people think of journaling, they're like, okay, you have to write for hours in a book. And some people do. And that's great. I love journaling because it's a way for those who don't already have the habit to write down every single day what they're going after and what they want to achieve. And to remind themselves of what they really want. So that when, you know, you throughout a day, you could... 
a lot of people say, I feel like I can't stay focused. This person calls, that person calls, I'm doing this for others. By looking at it, it really keeps you focused on what, what does Greg want to accomplish today? And the reason I started writing books and journals to get people in that mindset and said it only takes one to three minutes a day. Well, there was a method to that madness. Years ago, my staff said, you should write a book. You're always telling us little stories. You always have little fables, parables. You need to write a guide. But I'm like, yeah, it's not me. But then I realized with me wanting to spread pure joy, I wanted to study people that I felt exuded pure joy, exuded like, didn't matter what they did in life. So because I had health club with thousands of members, I took the top 100 people. I felt, you just want to be around these people. I mean, they just got it going on. And I asked if I could interview them for a year and study them. And I give them memberships to the gym. Okay, fine. So I took 100 people from every walk of life. At the end of the year, I really couldn't see anything. I'm like, okay, the world's screwed. Like there's no <laughs> common thing here. There's just a thing. But then my colleague said, no, 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 look, look, look. And finally, read it when I was going to be like, eh. the magic was that every single one of them did something every day to get into that positive, powerful mindset before mm. they started their day. Every mm. single one of them. So whether it was baking muffins, journaling, meditating, working out, singing, running around the house, it didn't matter. They had a routine that worked for them and it didn't matter. It was a few minutes or a few hours. So I thought, oh my God, now I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a guidebook to get people into this positive space who don't have that routine in the morning. So I was very fortunate. One of my health clubs was downtown in Center City, right near University of Pennsylvania and Drexel and Jefferson. So I, what I called the powers to be, I gathered 12 people from every background, like neuroscientists, exercise physiologists, gurus, exercise physiologists, nutritionists. And I told them my theory. So they, I want you to help me come up with a guidebook. So we came up with a book that people could use that took five minutes a day. And I did a year. I, you got to pick one area of your life. You want to up level, blah, blah, blah. Well, after a year, Greg, it failed. One person, oh, these were highly motivated people, highly motivated. Because I said, if you if you have the body thing going on, then do love relationships. If you have love relationships, then do create. You had to pick a one, three years. I was devastated. So went back to the powers that be. And they said, one guy in particular, Dr. Seb Kendrick from Temple said, well, of course, Sandy, they're not going to do it. No one's going to take five minutes if they don't already have the belief system. You have to make it one to three minutes. We have to make it easier. And then even if they don't believe you, they'll do it. And then after 30 days, they'll say, oh, crap, this works and continue it. And I was like, well, why didn't you guys tell me that to begin with? <laughs> He's like, you had to find out. I'm like, okay. So then I went back and I made it one to three minutes. And it was for another year. So this was like six wow. like, years of, I don't, people are like, they never think of me. I love science. Science comes easy to me. And I just love studying people and their brains. So I wanted to have proof what I already knew, you know, from my life and watching clients. Like I trained these people, this works. So that's why I wrote books and guidebooks. It's all about that one to three minutes. Now, if you already have your routine, great. But most people, even successful people, every day is crapshoot. Some days good, some days bad. And so that's why you look at this, you look at your game plan, you look at your word for your day. What are you going now? If you want to add on to it, you do. I'm just trying to get people to do a minute, like think about right. their life before their feet hit the floor. 
just what's one word you want to embody instantly. Mm -hmm. And that's what I realized. But I wasn't till I wrote my new keynote, Greg, that I realized, wait a minute, I've been doing this my whole life. I know it sounds crazy, but I didn't put two and two together that this one to three minutes was the same thing as my movement, words, and laughter. And I didn't even label it. One of my friends did, you know, that's movement, words, and laughter, my wonderful life. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm 64 and I'm not putting that together. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's why I like this. It's been something I've been doing my entire life. Well, it's like you said, we don't see our own stuff or we can't hear some of our brilliance. We can't hear how to get unstuck. That's why we need a person or more than one person. Maybe it takes a village, you know. Takes a village. Took 12 apostles. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting one that you had 12 of them. There was, there just happened to be 12 of them. So I'm thinking we have clearly covered the idea of mindset. And I just want to say something about journaling. I I love that you use journaling in a totally different way that many people talk about journaling. You know, there's morning pages where you write nonstop for three minutes or however many minutes. I just was clearing out a closet and I have uh, maybe 20 journals. Some of them are just filled with the absolute pity parties of life, mostly from like my 30s. I had a rocky road for a while there. And it's like, oh, what was me? But everything always works out for me. Well, maybe that's not working. Oh, but it went like I would battle with myself wanting to keep my little, as my family has that sometimes said, Pollyanna, like, oh, you're so Pollyanna. You believe everything's going to work out. I'm like, yes, I do. And that's who I am. And now my husband actually asked me, he said, you don't journal anymore. I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't feel the need to do that. But I do love what you're saying, one to three minutes and having a word, but first thing in the morning after the cats are fed, because other than that, there's no peace. I get back into bed and I just say, what do I need today? Do I need more clarity? Do I need more focus? Do I need more inner work? Oh, and by the way, I love everything. And I'm looking at my trees out the window, right? So I do appreciation and I do a a mindfulness kind of check-in, which is what you've been talking about. And it's helpful because during the day, you're saying somebody calls and somebody else calls and your day is all out of control. If I start with the word focus... Then I have to, it comes back to me. I'm like, all right, Greg, you don't need to answer that call right now. You don't need to answer those emails. You're writing. That's what you're doing. We're going to focus on that, right? And so it does really help. It's simple, but it really is helpful. And there is scientific proof of how little by little over time, you know, you're doing those new pathways of resetting your brain to be conditioned to be more focused on what you want, you know, to believe more of the positive than the negative, which takes every single day retraining and it's and it's not a lot they've proven it's just that's why there's so many books written on you know the small things you know do really matter and will get you the big things because it's retraining and retraining and retraining the brain so that's why i reset it every single day because otherwise there is a lot of yuck out there and the brain is wired to think negative so that's you just have to scientific word right Sorry. Sandy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Miss Masters of Education just use the word yuck to describe a state of being. I love it. <laughs> and I tell I, I when people start going, yeah. And by the way, journals can be used for a lot of things. Like I right. have tons of journals to get out my thoughts, my ideas. I call it scribble scrabble. And it could be I'm upset. It could be I'm happy. It could be I'm thinking of a book. It could be whatever. But that's not as consistent as that one to three minutes just to for my game plans, like what's my goal? What's my action? 
And I am, for me, I really need that, Greg. I'm a wing nut. I'll go, and I'll go, ooh, ooh, squirrel. And I'll squirrel. see it. And then I go in that direction. And next thing you know, I'm talking to the squirrel for an hour. And I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. So if I need to bring myself back to be grounded. That's why I like trees, to have my roots, to remind myself, wait a minute. I wanted to get a big keynote. How many do I want? Well, talking to the squirrel all day long, eh, that's fun, but it's not going to get me. <laughs> And I'm sorry, squirrels. I love you. You're my friend. We do love the squirrels. They're so cute. I, do. I just, me and my son just buried a squirrel the other day. Squirrel, squirrely three. <laughs> squirrely three. How old is your son? He's 20. Okay. He came home from college and he's like, mom, I'll dig the hole for you. <laughs> and they know squirrely one, squirrely two, squirrely three has a tail. He's just doing it to make his mom. <laughs> You've raised a good son. If that's what his yes. intention is for right now, then that's awesome. So I want people to know that they can find you at sandyjoyweston.com. And you have a link there for your journal, which we've been talking about. And it's the 30-day reset journal. And it's a bargain. I would, if I were your coach, make you charge more. $12 and 99 cents. I was, I'm joking. I have other books that are more, you know, and they can buy them all on Amazon. So I actually just wrote a book last year for the middle school kids called Recess to Reset. But it's not getting to the middle school kids because my publisher asked me to do it. When I send it to people, the moms and the grandmoms are keeping that book for themselves. They like that journal better. So I was like, Okay, maybe I should kind of do the same concept of how I did that. Because I, I, you know, I sit down with the kids. I'm asking, what do they want in this journal? And it's a lot of fun stuff and power statements and superheroes. But if the adults like it, I'm just going to have to relabel it, not for eight to 12. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because it should be fun. I don't want anybody doing anything because I should journal. I have. No. There's a million, like I always say, there's so many different ways for you to spend time with you and to really embrace you and find what works for you. You know, I know writing it down, you're 40% more likely that you're going to achieve it. And remember it. <laughs> yeah, remember it. Like, That's oh, the yeah. infallible memory is when we write something down, we can't say, what was that yeah. I was supposed to remember today? Absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end unless you have anything you want to leave the listeners with. I'm good. Okay. okay. Because everything always works out for you, Sandy. <laughs> everything always works. I have well, my new thing is I have perfect timing. <laughs> I like that too. So everybody, if you need a little mind reset, I would check out sandyjoyweston.com and see what she's got. And listen to her. There's a video there. you I don't know how old that keynote is, but it's it's great. You're so energetic and you know the way you talked about it. Really, really well done. Uh, and I appreciate you. Thank you for your time and your wisdom. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. People, I'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. Hey, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed that episode, and I thank you for listening. I'd love to connect with you on social media if you happen to play over there on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at RebelWell50. LinkedIn, of course, is my name. And on TikTok, just look for the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 page. And I look forward to connecting. You know, this is a big year of connection for us. This is how we get through tough times is being in community with like-minded people. And if you're a listener, I believe we are.